Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Dan. Coming up today, um, we're going we're gonna to be talking about a mass resignation. Mass. Uh, from the LDS Church. Like, tens. Prob- probably millions of people. Tens of All resigning people. from did the I, church. Did I kind of blow it? You're, I revealed the. Well, it's somewhere. We're going to go tens somewhere of be- between tens resigned. of people and millions of people <laughs> resigning from the church all at once. We won't tell you where it falls in, on that spectrum oh, okay. until the end of the show. Mm. Is that a good tease? That was a. I feel teased. <laughs> I'm intrigued now. Oh, good. Oh, good. Wait, wait, how can you be intrigued? You already know the answers. No. Oh, okay. I don't. Frank, Frank has. Frank likes to self-induce his amnesia every I, now I've, and then. I've expunged <laughs> these memories from my mind. I'm ignoring them for yeah, the time being. That'll happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. t- tell me a story. <sighs> I've got some good ones. Um, so I'm going to go to Texas first. Okay. Because Texas is the source of all things delightful when Don't. it comes to... Uh, don't mess with it. Religious news. You're not oh, gonna, I know. You're not going to mess with Texas, are you? I'm. I. I will not mess with Texas. Okay. And I. Uh, there is a uh, a tax assessor slash collector mm. uh, in uh, North Texas that you probably shouldn't mess with either. Dan. Oh dear. Uh, Ron Wright, uh, the Tarrant County tax assessor, uh, has uh, decided that it is high time. That his uh, county's tax forms mm-hmm. and the envelopes that uh, come from his office, yeah, uh, that they uh, that they that they include our national, our treasured national motto. Oh, which is of course, in God we trust. Indeed, the so, national motto. Yeah, uh, he uh, he says that it's he, you know he's one of these people. He he's he's. Um, People are almost afraid to mention God anywhere. Oh he yeah, says. in this country, nobody talks about God so ever. God, <laughs> thank God that Ron Wright um, is willing to uh, put the uh, the national motto. Oh my, yeah, onto onto the envelope. Uh, the fr- I think his, his first step bravery. is just the envelopes. It's his bravery that I'm really mm-hmm. impressed with. <laughs> he has received one phone call uh, so far by someone who was upset. By the addition of In God We Trust. Uh, I say, go, whoever you are. Keep calling. Yeah, exactly. And uh, y'all Texans. Find someone else. What part of Texas was this? It's Tarrant County. I don't know where that is. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. It's, uh, the, it's, uh, it's a Dallas-Fort Worth news uh, or a sure. CBS affiliate that yeah. is reporting the story. Um, but here's the deal, Dan. He cost the count. This was You can't just change... You know, these kind of things without, you know, costing some money. Right. So um, he spent $3 getting a new die made for the envelope. <laughs> and that is $3 of the taxpayer's money that you're not getting back. That's right. So. Well, I mean, come on. What's the Tarrant County motto? That, why exactly. Isn't, why isn't that on there? It's probably also in God We Trust. It's, it's, it's in God We Trust even more. <laughs> We, we really we trust the shit out of god <laughs> no there'd be no vulgarity <laughs> i like but that's that's a great motto you got to admit did you look up tarrant county yes yeah, it's, it's it fort worth apparently oh it's the fort worth oh yeah 
Not Dallas, though. Right, because that's because Dallas Fort Worth is a huge metropolitan area. It's ginormous. It just keeps going. You can't you can't get away from it. Once you're in, I think we're still in it. Once you're once you've gone in it, you can't actually escape it. But Utah is just a little corner of the Dallas Fort Worth it's, metro. It's a metropolitan vortex area. that keeps you there. I feel I feel like we were driving through the Dallas Fort Worth area for at least four days. Uh, that's Texas for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But anyway. um, but yeah, I thought that was a nice story <laughs> of uh, a man who who is not. I mean, and the thing is, if it is our national motto, right? Uh, yeah, I there's not much I can gonna... do to complain about that. To no, be perfectly what do you honest. do? You know, thanks Eisenhower. Right, exactly. You know, for signing that thing into law. Yeah, I I mean, I like I said, I can't. I, I don't have that much complaint yeah. here because it. And I mean, I have a complaint that that is our national motto. Mm-hmm. But I don't really see how how anyone can get on him too much about it. Yeah, he says it's iconic. It's part of who we are. It helps define us mm-hmm. as Americans. Especially as Texans. Oh, yeah. Texas. Yeah. There you go. I mean, I, 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 uh, it's it's infuriating, but... What do you think? Should I mean, this seems like... I mean, I don't know when we'll be able to get this damn thing no longer our motto. Right. But, like... That's going to be a, a fight and a half. It feels like it's... To me, it is as important... I feel like as, as because it's everywhere. I feel like it's 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 going to be fifty years. Fifty? I feel like it's going to be fifty, mm. maybe twenty-five. Mm. But that seems too soon. I want twenty years. You want it in twenty? I want it in twenty years. I don't think you can do it. That's a that's a generation. That's two decades. Uh-huh. All right, we'll see. Think of how different the world is today than it was 20 years ago yeah from you know 1994 doesn't feel that different it feels more conservative now i don't know i the pendulum will swing uh there are more and more atheists every day so uh Mm -hmm. more and more non-religious people uh so i don't know we'll we'll have to see my prediction is longer i i would love it if your prediction came true though well, I'm going to switch us uh, to Poland. I'm going to take us around the world, all the way to Poland. Poland. Uh, it's a lovely country. I've been there myself. Mm. Uh, f- parish priest, Father Marian Rajel, Raj- Rachel, Rajchel. I don't know how to pronounce Polish. He's from Yaroslav, uh, is a, a town in southeastern Poland. I think I drove past that, as a matter of fact. Really? I think I may have done. That adds so much to this story. It does. Well, it I it can because I'm going to I'm going to paint a picture for everybody before we dive into this story. Oh, okay. As you're driving through the Polish countryside, uh-huh. about every 5 miles you see like we saw either a shrine on the side of the road to just like in the in some random place on the side of the road, mm-hmm. a shrine to some saint. Okay. Um or you see a picture of Pope John Paul II, not of the current pope. They don't care about the current pope. This is Poland. They right. want their pope. Right. Or you see a nine-foot-tall cross with a tiny little Barbie doll-sized Jesus on oh, it. He was a small man. It, That's a little-known fact. <laughs> it was the weirdest Jesus. little baby sister Jesus 
that you've ever seen on a cross. So those were the sights that you see as you're driving around southern Poland. Huh. And then we got into the forest, and then there were hookers on, spur, sporadically on the side of the road. But In the forest? <clears throat> in the forest. It's, it's part of the forest life of Poland. The, uh, the woodland creatures are the... the have given way to prostitutes. Have given way to, to hookers <laughs> on the side of the road. Huh. Uh, dressed in, you, the, in, the, in their beautiful plumage. Do they have, like, uh, hooker crossing <clears throat> signs? No, you would think. You would think, huh. but they all have a pullout big enough for a semi to get off Shut the road. <laughs> no, they do. No, they do. They, that's where they park themselves, oh, at wow. a place where a semi could get off of the road. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, uh, so this priest uh, is in Yaroslav, uh, Poland, and he claims that he has started to get texts from... Satan. <laughs> um, he says he uh, apparently he carried out an exorcism uh, on a young girl, a teenage girl, <laughs> and uh, it didn't take. And now there's a very angry demon <laughs> who is sending him texts. <laughs> uh, um, I'm pretty sure uh, <laughs> that it's just some kid with a burner. Uh, I, you might think that, <laughs> but, uh, but he has, he, he has, he, he would defy you. Is it, does claims, it just come from the number six, six, six? You'd think. I think it probably. Star six, six, six. He says, often the owners of mobile phones are not even aware that they are being used like this. However, in this, cl- in this case, it is clear. Oh, I think so this, it's coming from a number. It's calling, coming from a phone. Satan's using people's but phones to send Satan's just like Satan texts. Pressing the buttons. Right. Vroom. While it's in your pocket, uh-huh. Satan's like in your pocket with oh, your phone. That like have you going, ever had like Phantom Vibrate? Yes. That's what it is. It's that's a reply to Satan's text. <laughs> no. And, and then when that's you go and Satan look, Satan commandeering your phone to send a nasty text to some, well, but, to some but, priest. No, but my claim is that somebody's sending something back, like, Satan, stop sending me things. And then Satan quickly deletes that so that you can't find it when you pull your phone oh, out. Oh, clever Satan. Yeah, Satan's um, pretty clever. Well, Satan should be, um, he should commandeer phones from people in like other countries so that he can like run up. Overages and high costs <laughs> of like international texts and whatnot. Apparently, one of the texts that he got said, "Shut up, preacher! You cannot save yourself, idiot! You pathetic old preacher!" <laughs> Such just a kid. It's a teenager that got bullied by a priest and is now like uh, by that priest. Fuck you! Oh my god! Uh, oh, that's amazing! I will. That- Oh, it's pretty funny. So it ha- of course it's the devil. Of course it is. <laughs> because this this girl is I mean it what I'm what I'm seeing is a teenager who is really clever at convincing people that she's not sending texts. Oh yeah. So like the only conclusion he can come to is well if she's not doing it, <gasps> it's the demon inside of her. Be healed, young girl. Only in a Polish accent instead of this southern one. Yeah, but I don't, I don't really know how to do a good evangelical style. Like, I think he's probably Catholic, actually. But exercising Polish voice, I don't know. I don't got anything. That's that. that's a challenge. <laughs> and you're not going to take up the challenge. No. Fine. Okay. No. 
right. Uh, well, I have now. Um, I'd like to uh, come back to this country. Okay. For a minute. Sure. Um, there is a, uh, apparently it's a growing movement. Mm. Uh, or so says the headline. <laughs> um, of uh, Christian groups. You know how, how like you'll see uh, like a, a Christian group set up at the park feeding mm. the homeless people, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? So they have like these little ministries that they that they that sure they, that they run. Sure, and they there's go nothing and, annoying about them at all, you know. And before they'll feed the homeless people, they make them all pray and listen right. to a little little preaching, uh-huh. and then they get some food. That's the way that they just paid for that food. Well, uh, Christians are clever, man. They 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 know where. They know where the need is. They know where the want is. Where okay. where there's going to be demand for the service that they're offering. Sure. Right? So they are the the next big thing where uh, Christian ministries are going are laundromats. <laughs> oh no! Um, no. And uh, so what they're doing is they're offering uh, to pay for the wash, oh. pay for the. Um, the, the the dryer sheets okay and the detergent and pro- that's all provided you just show up listen to a little prayer you have to get preached at get a little preached at and then you can do your laundry for free and let me tell you our when our when our washing machine went out uh-huh. before the home depot delivered the new one right um there was like a little weak window where i had to hit the laundromat right it's gotten way more expensive than I remember it being. Oh, really? It is not cheap anymore. It used to be really cheap. I'll tell you what. I would be tempted. If I were going to a laundromat <laughs> and they're like, hey, do you want to be preached at uh, for free laundry? I'd probably be like, sure. Okay. Yeah. It's like they're gonna $15, be... $20 to get out of a laundromat now. Really? Oh, yeah. How much were you washing? Just a week's worth of... Damn. Like, I probably did... I think I filled two machines uh-huh. two or three machines and had them going or no actually i did a small machine for my whites and then they had these really big machines but they were expensive right but you could just do all of your your wash in one of those right and then i went over and i had to get a few dryers mm. and all of that it racked up i would say i would say i was in the 15 to 20 dollar range that's easily. crazy that's yeah. crazy so i can i can I cannot confirm yeah. what this article is saying. I would totally, I would, yeah, I think I would take them up because here's the thing. If I'm there and they're offering that, even if I say no, someone else is going to say yes and I'm going to have to hear it anyway. Yeah, that's true. So I might as well let them pay for my fucking laundry. I know. I was hoping that they'd actually like bought the laundromat. Uh, yeah, but they exactly. No, no. They just sort of the other thing have is a friendly owner and they commandeer it for a minute. Boy, they, they could be in some trouble because. You and I might not do this. I might be tempted to do this, but I know many of our atheist listeners and friends would just Bible bash with them the whole time. <laughs> I would probably do it just for my own sanity. Just like if you're going to preach at me, I'm going to I'm going to challenge you on every, on the things that you say that don't make any sense. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to I'm you know what I would do? I'd be like, "Yeah, sure, pay for my laundry." And then I'd Peter Bogosian the hell out of them. Oh, yeah. That's what you do. That's what you do. That is what you do. Go in there and uh, get free laundry. What are, what are they going to do? Bogosian them up. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It's, uh, so this, this is a quote from Shannon Kassoff, one of the organizers of Laundry Love in oh, Huntington Beach, California. Okay. Um, this is our church. 
It is probably the best way to be involved in other people's lives. <laughs> Not just handing out food in a soup kitchen or whatever. We get to know them very well. And that's probably the best part of the whole deal. It probably is. I mean, nobody likes preaching at people, but getting to know people's nice. Well, at a certain point, I mean, the laundry, it does take longer than, yeah, than that's, like, eating that's a meal. Some hours right yeah. there. Well, no, because you're thinking of it when it's in your house and you have like a washer and a dryer. It, it takes hours to get all your laundry through. You go to a laundromat, you line up three washers and right. three dryers. I mean, it's, so it's, it's still an hour. It's, it's an hour of your time. Or more. A little it's more. about an hour of your time. Yeah. Because the washers are really quick and the dryers are high powered. Yeah. If I if I found, well, they're not that high powered because they have to keep you there for long and they have to keep you pumping the quarters in. Well, they just charge more now. That's the whole point. Oh, okay. I would... I would love to go and take all of our "Thank God I'm Atheist" T-shirts and get them all washed. <laughs> Have them wash those. That'd be funny. Um, I'm going to take us now to uh, Iran, uh, where I I don't know. No, no good news comes from Iran these days. <laughs> so that's true. All right, embrace myself. And this is, is a this is an Iranian Ramadan, a ding dong story. Iranian Ramadan. Ramadan Manamana. So in Iran, you you know, so Ramadan, I, most of our listeners know, but I'll just explain that it's, it's a lunar month during which a Muslim is not allowed to eat in daylight hours. No. If the sun's up, no food. You fast. Right. Once the sun goes down, eat as much as you need to. Party it up. Right, folks. Which to me just says I'm going to breakfast before the sun. I'm going to switch my schedule to a night schedule, and I'm going to s- sleep during the day. Now, now, see, it just seems like a bad idea because I've always been told that you should not eat um, within two hours of going to bed. <laughs> um, I wonder if if people get fat during Ramadan. Uh, like, do people put on weight? Actually, I don't know. They're they're. You know, all, fasting all, during the day. All of their yeah, all of their exercise and stuff is happening when they're not even eating. I would think yeah. that that would actually counteract it pretty well. Anyway, not the point. The point is that uh, during Ramadan, they in some countries, in our country, if a Muslim doesn't observe Ramadan quite as strictly as the other one, as the other Muslims do, nothing's going to happen. But if you're in Iran and you don't observe it, uh, there will be some consequences. So and. There were five uh, Muslim men who uh, who were caught eating during the day. <laughs> uh, what? Who were uh, pub- publicly, who each got 70 lashes. Where did they get the food? I would assume that the Kentucky Fried Chicken is closed. Yeah, well, I mean, they probably had it in their fridge and they just... Went outside and... Yeah, I don't know. All I know... Food to the, had a picnic? All I know is that I, you're, you're burying the lead here. First of all, 70 lashes... Is an intense amount yeah, a lot. of lashes. Yeah. Now, they weren't the only ones who were caught eating. Uh, a Christian man was also caught eating during the day during Ramadan in Iran. He was also sentenced. No. Not to 70 lashes. They were a little more lenient with him. They burned his lips with a cigarette in what? a public square. That's, that's, a, that's a punishment? That's what he was sentenced to. That's a government sanctioned punishment? That is. Is that what I'm I'm curious, is that what the uh the Quran calls for? Uh I don't know that cigarettes are involved, 
This was just an Iranian judge who who sentenced this man. Dear God, to have his lips burnt up. with a cigarette that for eating during the up. during the day. Uh, I don't know which. How awful! It's uh, yeah, which to me is like uh, you guys do know that he's not Muslim, right? Right. And the, uh, to which they respond, "Yeah, that's why he didn't get seventy lashes. He only got his lips burned by a cigarette." But but so why? Was like crazy. was it was he like flaunting the food? I I don't know. I mean, apparently you just cannot eat during the day during Ramadan in Iran. So I wonder. Are, uh, wow. Yeah. So seriously, I I guess I'd never thought of this before, but all the restaurants clearly would be closed yes. during the day. Right. Um. I wow. imagine you can still buy clu- buy There's food at grocery, grocery stores would be open. I would guess. I'm sure that that's. I'm sure that because that's you're not fine. eating. Right, you're just, you're just buying. buying. But if you happen to like, take a nibble out of the sample jar, no, you're done. Lashes, lashes for you, or you know, lips and a cigarette. If you're Christian, if you're Christian, who has the unfortunate, uh, <laughs> why the fuck are you in Iran, man? <laughs> kidding. Get out. Uh, okay, one last story. From, from you, from me, yeah. from me. Okay. Um. So I guess there's this guy running for governor in Hawaii. Uh, he's the Republican candidate. His name is Duke Iona. Okay. <clears throat> and this headline really didn't capture my imagination very much. It just says that he's accused of having ties to Hawaiian evangelical group. Uh huh. Um. And I was just like, well, and I guess it did actually ca- catch my attention because I'm like. Well, how bad is this evangelical group? Because, like, he's GOP candidate. Like, what's the big deal here? Sure. Right? Like, that seems like a normal kind of thing. Right. Anyways, um, his name, uh, Duke Iona, his name, it's actually, Duke is a nickname. It's James Iona is his, is his actual, like, legal name. Uh-huh. Um, but he's been the target of a new documentary-style video that, um, that ties him to uh, the religious group group um where's their name international transformation network it's cindy jacobs we've played a couple clips from her the crazy prophetess woman yeah 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 it's her group and so he like he appears in the video um at a big international transformation network as the lieutenant governor Mm. and talking about how we in hawaii this we in hawaii that Mm. Um, and talking very much like he is a part of this group and how much he supports them. And we're so happy that you're all here because this is so important, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Um, and then in the video, it shows him saying, no, I'm not a part of that group. Um, and so it's kind of this weird thing where it's like, he's been a part of this group. And now he's denying that he's ever had anything to do with them. And I'm like, what the hell? So Cindy Jacobs, I guess I really didn't know enough about her. I knew she was nuts. Right. But um, She gives us some good sound bites sometimes. Yeah. But I guess she preaches um, a lot about witchcraft. Oh. And idols. Uh Uh-huh. And one one of her quotes here is, pastors... She said this at one of the, these big events, not in Hawaii, but she did say this. Pastors, sanctify your people 
you go and you tell them, if you have any idols in their homes, we're going to burn them. Oh, dear. If you have any witchcraft items in your home, you bring them Sunday and we're going to burn them. We're yeah. going to... We're not going to have witchcraft in this church. Okay. Uh huh. So now Ion is on the defense and he is accusing the, the Democratic candidate, Neil Abercrombie, um, of, uh, of pushing this whole thing. And it sounds like the Abercrombie uh, uh, campaign is actually like they, they're distancing themselves from the fact that. You know, they're like, we didn't make these things, but we're more than we're more than happy to share them because uh-huh. you look like an idiot, basically. Um, but here, this is what really made me want to share this. This is Cindy Jacobs' list of what qualifies as idols. Oh yeah, things oh, that this she... is going to be good. <laughs> I I can I can already tell this is going to be good. Um, th- these are the kind of materials that might be bringing. Honor to the spirits of darkness. Ooh. Pictures, statues, Catholic saints, books of Mormon, <laughs> pictures of former lovers, <laughs> <laughs> pornographic material, oh, okay, fetishes, oh. drugs, uh-huh. Ouija boards, sure, zodiac charms, uh-huh. good luck symbols. Crystals for healing, right. amulets, talismans, tarot cards, witch dolls, voodoo items, love potions, witch dolls, books of magic, yeah. totem poles, <laughs> certain pieces of jewelry, uh, objects of Freemasonry, horoscopes, gargoyle, gargoyles, native art. Oh, wow. And this is the one that I love the best. Foreign souvenirs. <laughs> <laughs> Do not bring anything home from Italy, folks. No. Do no. not. And this is what we got when we were in Germany. It's just a little it's a little Alpenhorn that we burn, burn it. it. <laughs> Satan. <laughs> I command you out of this Alpenhorn. <laughs> Oh my God, that's just crazy! So talk. you you kind of get like as you get, dig deeper into the story, you kind of go, oh, no wonder he wants to like distance himself from from these people now that he's running for governor. But he was it's not like he didn't hold high office when he went to this to this thing and like claimed them and claimed to be one of them. Uh-huh. This whole thing, he was lieutenant governor, and now though as running for governor, he's like, mm, well, maybe. I- Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe I'll distance myself from all of this. Oh God. Oh my goodness. I well, that is uh, that is delightful, and yeah. uh, I'm gonna make my own list of satanic things. I'm gonna let's see if we can like ruin some other things for Christians. Oh. We, sh- we should start a website that's ostensibly Christian. <laughs> that's just a that that provides a really extensive list of things that are satanic of or the devil. Right, dot com. right, and it'll just be it'll be things that we know they love, <laughs> that we're trying to make them give up. Things that we are, the, you know, that 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 of course they're going to be just heartbroken when they feel they have to give it up. Frozen yogurt. Yes. It's yes. Of the devil. It's of the devil. They love frozen yogurt. 
Let me tell you something. That uh, that active culture in yogurt, Mm-mm. that's Satan in bacterial form. Well, the problem that I have yeah. are those gummy bears. Yeah, that they, all these places let you put on the, the frozen yogurt. Uh-huh. They let you put gummy bears on. Right. And you know what gummy bears remind me of? Care Bears. <laughs> and Care Bears are satanic. We know that. Right. You know what a gummy bears remind me of? What? Uh, voodoo dolls. They look just like them. They're voodoo dolls. Yeah. You're yeah. eating them and you're destroying you're in, some well, you're, you're ingesting voodoo. You're in, you're eating voodoo. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to get rid of cheese too. You can't no more cheese? cheese? No, cheese is satanic. What's wrong with cheese? Uh it is from the matter of fact all dairy. I'm going to say all dairy is satanic. No, 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 no. Frank, you don't have to give up the things that I'm No, listening. but what I'm saying is if you, you <laughs> if you go they, too far, would, you, yeah. Okay. Because you want it to be torture. Right. Right. Like right. if they if they accept that all dairy is bad, then they will begrudgingly give up cheese. Mm. Oh no, no, no. But no, you go for the thing they love. Right, right. And you tell them that that's bad. Ribs. The McRib. <laughs> <laughs> they just even. wait all year for the, for, McRib. For the McRib. I yeah. don't even know. Does it come and go anymore? It it still does, yeah. I think yeah. so. I think so. Huh. I, I haven't had one since I was a but young, you've actually eaten young. one? Oh, yeah. I've never had a McRib. Oh, you should. I've never had a McRib. You should. I don't it's know that I want a McRib. Just pressed pork. It sounds... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm I going to do our last story here. Okay. Um, it's, it's the story... This story is the reason why I won't be going to Louisville. Kentucky? Anytime soon. Or I definitely will never live there. In Louisville. That's, yeah, that's a better... You have to be willing to go. I'm willing to go, but I will never live in Louisville. And here's why. Why? As you know, I love me my coffee shops. Yes. I uh, I'm, I enjoy them. Uh-huh. Uh, I go there to write. Oh, yeah. Because I'm a pretentious hipster, apparently, or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's it's like my it's like my office uh-huh. uh, where I go. Uh-huh. Um, I would have been concerned that there wouldn't be enough coffee shops in Louisville. Apparently, there are plenty. Oh. Uh, and there's a good reason for, for why there are so many coffee shops in Louisville. Uh, the Christians have started uh, doing coffee shops. Oh. Uh, the the Salon article that I read starts out with this uh, lovely little conversation. Uh, a woman walks into a coffee shop. Uh, and orders a drink and begins looking around. Where are your Bibles? Uh, I I have one, says the woman working at the shop. Where are your Bibles here? Asks the questioner. <laughs> well, there aren't any, says the barista. Uh-huh. The customer replies, I thought you were a Christian coffee shop. Oh, no. Apparently, this is a huge thing. All through Louisville. Oh, no. Like, it's what made Christian, or it's what made coffee take off. No way. In Louisville. <laughs> is like it's now like the hip thing oh my God. to have Christian coffee shops. See in Oklahoma they have prayer there. They oh, yeah. have like prayer meetings in the coffee shop. They have I mean it's not like they pray over every cup of espresso right. or whatever. They but should. They should. They have but they have they have Bible studies and prayer meetings at the coffee shop. Uh-huh. See in Oklahoma it was um tanning salons. <laughs> Oh my god! 
That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Uh, yeah, in Wagner, Oklahoma, there was Debbie's Christian Book and Tanning Salon. <laughs> I would, you know what? That's funny because the the image that that brings up. I've only I've been in a tanning uh, a tanning bed like twice uh-huh. leading up to a trip that I shouldn't. Don't ever go tanning, everybody. Just don't do it. It's bad for you, and just wear yeah. some sunscreen. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, but we went. I went there because I was con- somebody convinced me that you have to build a base tan to go to the mm, tropics. That used to be a theory. Yes, right. So I so I gave that a trot, and it's it's creepy enough. It's the creepiest of all the things, <laughs> but. You know, you have to get mostly naked, and then you or naked, and then you lie down on this yeah. bed, and it's just a goof. and you stink afterward. Yeah, yeah, oh, you stink. Everything you just got cooked. Every yeah, you get cooked. Yeah, uh, but the worst thing in the world would be you're there for however long you're there, and they start pr- like playing Christian shit <laughs> at you, and you can't escape. Yeah. Now, to be to be perfectly fair, I kind of am exaggerating just a little bit. Okay, it was more that. Um, the it seemed to be when I was a kid that tanning salons or tanning beds were what a failing business put in the back room <laughs> when they were when they were in trouble, and so, so the Christian uh, bookstores, all the girls in Oklahoma, have needed, to be they needed some help, and uh, oh god, they were always tanning. Um, That's and uh, they uh, well, didn't you notice my niece when she was here? Oh, you you didn't I didn't, run, I you didn't, didn't see her when she That's was right. here. My God, she was tan. Just tan. Just tan. Tan, tan, tan. Oh, Anyways. Um, it's, it's horrible for you, kids. Don't, it's really don't bad. do it. You're it's really gonna, bad. You're but hers get is your melanomas. I mean, at least hers is, is sunlight because she's a lifeguard. Well, yeah. It's still, that's still bad for you, too. I know it's still bad, but it's not, it's not as, as bad. bad. I, yeah. I don't know. I haven't done the research. Anyways, uh, back to your story. Yeah. So, uh, well, just, uh, boy, we can't let these Christians ruin all of our stuff. No. The, 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 I wonder if it's good coffee, though. Are they at least like getting all snobby and sourcing good beans? What, there and... was a story about uh, one that was affiliated with a, a church that was known around town as the Hipster Church. Oh. Uh, and I'm guessing that they were pretty snooty about their coffee. <laughs> I'm just going to guess <laughs> that they were not okay with They do it. They so... do a nice little pour over yeah, coffee. Yeah, yeah. With uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> oh, I love it. Anyways, um, if you'd like to chime in, of course, about any of these stories, maybe you love coffee. May- maybe you're and, in Louisville and you yeah. can you can say that it's not as big a problem as this salon article made me feel like it is. Most likely, it's not. No, I'm sure I'm, it isn't. You know, but in my mind now, coffee in Louisville is inexplicably forever ruined for, to to being preached at and. Well, Bibles let us know. Let us yeah, know let if us you know. know. You can do that uh, by emailing us. Mm. Uh, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com is sure. our email address. Or go to the uh, just go to the Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash TGIatheist. You could post something there about it if you wanted to. Yeah. Or tweet us at TGIatheist. Right. Or, or voicemail. There's always that. You can give us a call. That's 424-666-8442. And, of course, you can uh, check out our website during the week. And that's thankgodimatheist.com. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. Um, and this is uh, oh, this is a, a somebody, I don't know if she's the preacher, but she's standing in front of a church uh, congregation. She's got an announcement. And she's got a very important um, bit of news. Oh, it's, for, it's for, exciting. And I, I think you, dear listener, 
or have been waiting for just this. Oh, you're, you're going to dig it. And let me tell you what I've put together. Um, while tomorrow Facebook employees are gathering to go march at the Gay Pride Parade in San Francisco. <laughs> I'm not kidding. There were 2,000 in the last, uh, the last Gay Pride uh, event. Uh, while they're censoring you, while they kick people off who happen to have a, 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 an un unpopular belief like being in favor of marriage, buddy of mine, Peter LaBarber, Americans for Truth, taken off Facebook. They're censoring things, and I'm not saying we shouldn't use it, but I think there's a better way. We have now pre-launched, nobody knows about this yet, but I'm telling you guys, because there's nobody I'd rather use this tool than you. It's Reagan book. It's the email, it's the Facebook for patriots. We're tearing down walls, get it? We're tearing down the walls of tyranny, of censorship. Clever. Reagan book. <laughs> because what you want to do is name mm. your, your new hip app after a dead man. Who an old man ever really hip? No, he wasn't a hip individual. That man don't know nothing about no <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> oh my god! I just love it because, like, because yeah, this is gonna take off. This oh, is gonna be huge. Oh, show! This is gonna suck so bad. <laughs> uh, I tell you, I what. checked out the the. I went to reaganbook.com uh -huh. and uh, at the top. There's a big banner that says, this site is currently in offline mode. Oh. Uh, and there's a, a, a little message here that says, uh, thank you to all those who participated in the pre-release of ReaganBook.com. Your participation is helping us build a more secure site. Thank you. <laughs> Which suggests to me that the site went down during the middle of all this whole thing. Uh, please well, be patient yeah. while we make the necessary changes to keep the site free from obscenity pornography and those intent on the destruction of life liberty and the family <laughs> we'll be opening the doors again soon with additional protections in place i would love i here's the thing the verbiage that they love to use i would love to challenge any challenge them to produce one person whose intent on the destruction of life liberty <laughs> and what was the other one and family and family yeah do you, I, can you think of a single person who would ever proclaim that out loud? You mean the people? No, who? No, no. They don't have anybody like that. No, the, the, and the people who they say are like that are just people who right have differing political opinions. I'll tell you from what. Them. Uh, they they hate us for our freedom. That's for sure. The the conservatives? No, the uh, the the <laughs> no, terrorists. I think the conservatives hate us for our freedom. Well, that's to true. Be honest, Dan. That's totally true. As a matter <laughs> as a matter of fact, in point of fact, <laughs> for our freedom loving ways. For our, they hate us for our freedom. Um, they do, Dan. <laughs> We're saying it in jest, but they do. Right, it's true. Ugh. Anyway, uh, that yeah, so. We'll try and keep up on that. We may just lose track of that. But <laughs> if we notice that Reagan book does come back online, oh. we won't suggest that you guys all go there and create accounts and have fun. <laughs> I was going to say troll the shit out of it. <laughs> but if you do, we're not. You're going to get taken down so quick. That's the thing. You, but like, that's... it's worth it just having a mass. Having it be so overwhelming, right? Of people who are there who don't, I I don't know, like embrace their. Uh... It'll be fun. I mean, I would say what would be fun is to see how cleverly you can troll. How how deep can you troll 
without getting banned. No, I think it's about taking down the site. Well, there is that too. Anyway, we so we've had we've got some users, uh, some listeners writing into us, letting us know what's going on. Um, uh, this one's from Ian. Uh, he says, "Hi, Frank and Dan. I love the show and wanted to relay my how my first Pioneer Day went." <gasps> Having moved to Utah around a year ago, this was my first experience with the beloved Utah holiday. Due mm-hmm. to scheduling issues, my girlfriend and I were forced to wait until the 26th uh, to view the show uh, that was done in Veterans Memorial Park in West Jordan. Now, Ian, I have to tell you, Frank and I were not aware of this. No. We were not aware that, that there is a show done in Veterans Memorial Park in West Jordan. I didn't even know there was a Veterans <clears throat> Park. No. No, I we I try to stay as far away from West Jordan as I can. That's uh, for those of you who don't know the geography of the Salt Lake the Salt Lake Valley, um, it's it's on a grid system. All of our all of our streets are on a grid system: north, south, east, and west. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything below what we call thirty third south, in my mind, that's the Mormon Dixon line. And once you get south of that, it's all it's all Mormon. And uh, in not, particular, the west side. The west side gets of the of that yeah. delineation, and and West Jordan's on the west side. Because Sandy is surprising, which is on the east side, is surprisingly not. Yeah, but it's as not. it's conservative, but it's not as Mormon as and it's not as fun. To, it's not. It's just not fun. Well, I went to um, it sort of that area. Uh-huh. I'm not going to say where I got this information from, but um, that's actually um, like demographers of the valley refer to it as the um mormon cultural center oh or something like that there's something along those lines on the west side on the west side like taylorsville oh, okay. and south jordan and all of those interesting so those are the, they're just just dripping and oozing mormonism right well it makes sense then that they would do a show down there and it's why uh, <laughs> south jordan has what three temples now two temples two temples two right yeah. uh he says the show started with a charming little band called Joshua Creek doing country music. My girlfriend and I ended up chatting through it until we started listening to some of the pretty odd lyrics. There was an entire song about a POW in Vietnam who yells, God bless America, and is practically beat to death by his captors. Oh, no. Uh, this song was followed by another song about a husband who, to get sex from his wife, has to complete a list of chores. That's charming. Uh, after a few more painfully misogynistic <laughs> songs, the delightful musical music events oh, musical events started. The theatrical abomination uh, started with the Mormons being violently thrown on, out of town and Joseph Smith being martyred in an egregious twisting of history, um, which was immediately well. I mean, Joseph Smith was killed. Yeah, that, that's not a twisting of history. But no. I'm sure that their take was that he was. Yeah. Anyway, it's the standard Mormon <laughs> An innocent. Line. Right. Exactly. Which was immediately followed by an Abe Lincoln-esque Brother Brigham lip-syncing about how great the Mormons were and how and about how they must head west. Um, lip, the lip-syncing because, uh, of course, the entire production uh, was scored and sung by a corny recording. Yeah, not not unlike the uh, the passion play, the passion play that you and I saw. In. Well, we need to go to this thing next year. We definitely need to because I didn't even know it. We happened. may need to organize if if we, if we think of it, we may need to organize a group of listeners to all mm-hmm. go together. That would be fun. Uh, that would be that would be a fun little meeting. We have a year to do it, so hopefully we can <laughs> pull that together. Remind us, guys. <laughs> Come this time next year, or that time next year. Anyway, uh-huh. um, 
he says uh, the highlights of the middle section were the very racist and historically inaccurate uh, exchanges with the Native Americans oh, and the full musical number devoted to singing about a dead baby. Oh, what dead baby? Oh, just probably one that the pioneers the lost. Handcart baby. Yeah. Oh. One of those ones that popped out of the the, the wagon and had its head. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, by the end of the production, my girlfriend and I were in tears from laughing at the display, but quickly realized <laughs> that we had just watched a very different musical from everyone there. Not a single other member of the audience was enjoying it how we were, and it was a bit of a moment of realization of how culturally uh, out of touch and historically uh, ignorant Mormons are. Uh, huh. Excuse me, Ian. You're in their culture. You were the one that was culturally out of touch yeah. in that moment. Yeah. I'm just going to point that out mm. to you. Mm. Um, mm. Either way, we ended up really enjoying the holiday as a whole, and I thought I would share my story. Uh, oh, nice. Thank so you. So thanks, Ian, for that. Um, we had we had Dale write into us, and he um, uh, he's he's he says he's been listening to the podcast. He says the wonderful podcast. I, why do I always want to just remove all of the nice? Uh, adjectives. I just don't want to be braggy. It feels braggy if I read the the nice stuff. Anyway, I have been listening to your wonderful podcast for over a year. In fact, it was what got me through the a three-week practicum away from my fiancé in the middle of nowhere. I've always found your response to atheist activism, particularly of the billboard variety, interesting. Therefore, though they aren't atheists per se, they do always have a good way of showing uh, religious hypocrisy the Satanists seem to have an interesting response to the Hobby Lobby ruling, um, asking for religious exemption for things like abortion. Mm. I was wondering what your thoughts on the response is. Um, so, you and I, you know, we were both considering doing this story just as one of our stories. Right. Uh, the th- because, because the Satanic Temple, um, which, is, which is Lucian Graves' mm-hmm. uh, uh, group... Uh, they do have a delightful take on on this whole thing. Yeah, I've I've I. So, do you want to sort of outline what uh, what what they're doing? What with the Hobby Lobby thing? Yeah, yeah. Um. So what they've done is they they are at, so Hobby so Lobby, Hobby Lobby has right. the Supreme Court is allowing Hobby Lobby. Um, to opt out of providing contraceptives to employees. Correct. Based on the Hobby Lobby's religious beliefs. Their right? sincerely the held owner's beliefs. religious beliefs. Um, and so now what, what's happening is the Satanic Temple um, is trying to use this decision as justification um, to protect their own beliefs. Right. And what this is, what how they're the the, the instance that they've they they've found to use this is uh, there are some states that require uh, women who are uh, looking to get an abortion to they have to go through some like state approved literature or maybe watch a little film or some something of them along have, those lines. Some, some of them have to have a, a, an ultrasound exactly. to see to look at their baby or whatever. Exactly. And so what... None of which is medically necessary. Exactly. So what they're saying is that is against their beliefs. Right. And so they're claiming that they're created a form that you can give to your doctor and that this will um, uh, exempt you from having to go through this because of your deeply held 
right religious yes beliefs. they're claiming that that their that their adherents don't have to listen to your stupid bullshit that's right. not scientific right to get their abortions right uh they, because they have the same religious exemption they deserve the same religious exemption as hobby lobby and so now they want to fight on those grounds it's cute it's pretty clever i love it uh, in the satanic temple as a group is i'm considering joining them just because i think that they're so cute and i i do disagree because it doesn't seem like they're actually worshiping satan no they're doing it as they're they're, it's so provocative to christians right and it's so offensive that their suggestion of putting a statue on the state capitol grounds in oklahoma city right uh next to a ten a statue of satan statue of satan um they know that that's going to be so offensive to christians that that they might actually just remove the Ten Commandments on their own accord to deal with just to so, so they don't have to have the Satan one there. Right, exactly. So. Uh, I think they're brilliant, and I think that it's a great way of looking at it. And I think that you know I've read uh, some some interviews with with Lucian Graves, and he uh, he he definitely. I mean, he he comes right out and says that they are that they are atheists, mm. uh, but that they use uh, the figurehead. The, the con- conceptual idea of of Lucifer mm. uh, as 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 a as a I don't know as a as a figurehead idea as a as a concept mm, okay. kind of a, a centralizing concept anyway um uh, Josh wrote into us I'm a Midwesterner from Central Illinois and I think I might have just gotten a job in Eastern North Carolina. It's a college that has at least a nominal religious affiliation, so my plan is to sort of go partially back in the closet, i.e. not lie, but neither make an issue out of it, Mm. but also to use the part of my job teaching information literacy to encourage critical thinking and a skeptical approach to uh, to claims, which was enthusiastically embraced during my interview. Uh, maybe there could be a discussion of cultural transplants, such as a move from Oklahoma to Utah. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, I mean it feels a little different, but um, but yeah, I mean cultural transplantation—it's a thing. It's a thing. You have to deal with cultures. I mean, for me, moving from Oklahoma to Utah, it was—I was—I had experienced Mormonism in its sort of out of Utah or out of the Bible, the, the, the Mormon belt, um, experience. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I'd, I'd had that experience with Mormonism. Right. And it's a, it's a different brand of Mormonism in my mind. Um, oh, yeah. the, 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 the culture of, uh, the church is, and, and whatever your ward is, is going to, it just feels very, very, very different. Um, and, uh, and so when I came to Utah, um, and started to experience the LDS church when they're the majority. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really hated them. I really disliked <laughs> everybody that I was going to church with. Right. Um, and I, 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 uh, yeah, it just didn't fit well. And I, I recognized very quickly that it is basically two different churches um, in mm. the sense that they're, while the beliefs are the same, they, they culturally, they're just, strikingly different but anyways so i found clever little ways to avoid church uh or going to church um (laughs) including one of getting an on-campus job at byu that required me to work during church oh it was the perfect workaround wow because i couldn't go to church because i was at church for eight hours every sunday morning 
into the afternoon. Oh wow! And uh, e- even the Lord needs some some people to work on Sundays. Well, yeah, I was a fire sniffer in the um, during the reconstruction of the the student union, the That's, Wilkinson Center. That sounds like you made that um, up. No, they were they they couldn't run their normal uh, fire alarms or smoke detectors. Weren't, okay, weren't working. And because of all the construction. <laughs> oh, my God. And so on the weekend when there was nobody on the work site, uh, they needed somebody there. To just sit and, and keep so your nose open. I sat in an office area. And every half hour, I had to get up and walk around the building. And it took me maybe two to three minutes to do my little <laughs> circuit. And then I could go sit down and do my homework. Oh, that is a good job. It was a great student job, and and it kept me from having to go to church. church. I had the Saturday and the Sunday. Well, no, well, did I have the Saturday? I know I had the Sunday. Well, and I had like an evening as well. Keeping maybe. away from church is not going to be Josh's problem. That's not his problem. Um, I, I would say so, this. I, I, I met a guy just over this weekend who's from South Carolina, not North Carolina. Right. I think he's from South Carolina. I get the Carolinas mixed up. Anyway, uh, and he's, you know, he's, he just barely moved to Utah um, uh, in January. So he was dealing with, with some uh, culture shock in that respect. But he said, I mean, he loves it here. Right. He said that what was interesting, though, is that uh, it, when in the South, if you move to a new place, uh, he said uh, he would, his coworkers would have immediately started inviting him to dinner mm. uh, and, and all of that sort of stuff. And people in Utah didn't do that. Yeah, and he had to learn not to take that personally. Oh, that was interesting, huh? Because yeah, I wouldn't think to invite somebody to dinner right. just because they're a new coworker. Right, that's not our culture. No. Um, so, so Josh, you may, who knows? Maybe you'll get some free dinners out of it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the, here's here's the thing. Like, I don't. Maybe part of my difficulty of responding to this is that I don't know the culture of Central Illinois, right? And I don't really know the culture of North Carolina. Um. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you have a plan. Yeah, you know, to I think, I think avoid the whole atheism topic unless it's brought up or, you know, it 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 comes up naturally. I th- yeah, I think I think uh, laying low is always a good idea for a little bit. You know what I mean? Fly under the radar a little for a while until you get a lay of the land. Depending on what your goals are. To, well, yeah, exactly. If your goals are to have friends and to fit in and to have people accept you for who you are, then I say lay low. Yes. If you're wanting to barge in and ruffle feathers and have and, and you have no problem being a pariah, <laughs> right? Then go in with you know guns, guns blazing. blazing. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, well, not so. I guess we weren't tremendously helpful on that, but there you go. Um, Yasmin wrote to us. Um, it's been a while since I wrote, but uh, I thought I'd share my story of a story my partner told me. I was shocked to learn that he was sent to Bible camp as a child. He's a skeptic. He he is a skeptic, atheist, and free thinker. Uh, but his parents are born again Christians. Uh, one experience stuck with him. One year, he was led into a dark room with projections of disturbing images of famine ridden famine ridden children, uh, death camps, etc. He burst out crying, as any six year old boy would would at such a gruesome images. And when he was take and was taken by the adults out uh, by the adults of the church back to his parents, they happily confirmed he was now a Christian as he had had a religious experience. He also remembers people on stage saying that they uh, had been cured of their allergies, eating food in front of the children, and saying, 
Now I can eat this. It's a miracle. He's also seen his mom uh, falling to the floor, speaking in tongues, and his family swear that they have seen miracles in front of their eyes, limbs growing back, for example. Now, the next, the next uh, paragraph is what caught me off guard on this. Okay. We live in London, England. Oh, I thought this sort of thing was pretty exclusive to churches in extremely religious parts of Africa or America, but I was wrong. Anyway, he eventually got banned from Bible camp as his brother was caught in the showers with the high priest's daughter. (laughs) Oh, okay. That's great. Um... She, and then she jokes, she references the thing that we said on the podcast. She says, I would totally buy your book, so your, chi- so your child is going to hell and why that's okay, and give it to his mom <laughs> if, we ever, if we ever have children. Uh, she needs your advice. Uh, anyway, um, she's, she says, I love your podcast. It gives me hope. Well, thanks, Yasmin. And not only that, but she, she, uh, I'm, she contributed to us this oh, week. Oh, fantastic. Thank us you. A contribution, so we oh, really nice. appreciate that. I also wanted to thank Robert. For his uh, his contribution, um, all of the contributions that we receive help. So thank you guys very, very much for your contributions. If you want to contribute to us, you can find us at thankgodimatheist.com and click on the support page. Wonderful. All right. Uh, is that all the emails? That's all we got. Okay. Well, I have a little voicemail I'd like to play. Okay. Uh, this is... Um well, this is a voicemail. Somebody uh, had the experience of going to Catholic Communion and wanted to share it. So here we go. Hello, Frank and Dan. Uh, my name's Eric. I'm uh, from Albany, New York. Just a quick story you guys might find amusing. Um, my wife and I have very good friends who, uh, who are Catholic. Um, they're smart and kind, and we love them very much. Uh, recently, their son was to receive his first communion, and, of course, they wanted us to be a part of it. Now, even though I, you know, I think the ritual is horrible, sometimes you just have to let some stuff go in the spirit of getting along. So we went. I had to compartmentalize. And that's the point of the story. Uh, near the end of the ceremony, everyone is invited to receive communion. And I noticed most people, after eating the wafer, passed on the wine. A uh, little side note, a plus side of going was explaining to my daughter the symbolism of all this. And I don't think she ever wants to set foot in church again. Uh, So anyway, uh, this intrigued me very much, Um, so I asked my friend, what's up with that? And his reply was that because so many people drink from the chalice, they skip that part so they don't get sick. I found this just incredibly funny. Now let me get this straight. It's important to go up there and pretend the cracker is the body of Christ. But the wine, eh, not so much, because of germ theory. Uh, Anyway, have a good one. Bye, guys. Love the show. Well, yeah. Hmm. Nobody wants to get sick. No, because uh, fairy tales are cute and all. Uh, and and it's you know the the whole transubstantiation thing is very important, mm. right up until it butts up against known science that everybody accepts, right? Like germs. Well, it seems like a small. I mean, it's just a little minor risk. <laughs> yeah, you know? I mean, I Frank, I would never do it. You get some, one person who has like a cold sore, and now everybody's got it. So the whole neighborhood now. The entire parish has herpes. Mm-hmm. I'm not okay with that. You know, I mean... The flu? Again, it's... Totally get the flu from the sacrament. He, he asks from the so little of us. <laughs> That's true. And he did if so you, much for us. If God didn't want us to have so herpes, little. if God yeah. didn't want us to have herpes, why would he have put the virus on the planet? It's here for a reason. It's here for a reason. It's here for a reason. Go Dan. get your herpes, you damn... Hypocrites, yeah. herpocrites. Well, what they need is they just need a little mouth guard mm-hmm. that you can put on it. 
Right. Right. So, well, they need to that, take... That would be for the, the, the rim. That would probably protect you from the herpes. Well, what they but need... But then, for the, for the fluid, well, you need like an... It's a special straw <laughs> with the, that has no backwash. Right. No. What they need well, like is... A little loop-de-loop straw. <laughs> that catches right? it. That, that catches your, your, your backwash. Everyone bring your own straw. Fine. So you actually you don't even need the mouth guard at that point. You just right. go up with your little loop de loop straw with your own and just straw. Sip some wine. Right. Exactly. It seems very. Um, it's in the shape of a cross, actually. The straw. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, it it seems completely appropriate. No. And they need to reverent, take. They need to take a page out of the Mormons' book because the Mormon sacrament has these little individual shot glasses. Mm-hmm. Now they don't do wine. They do no, water. They do water, which is boring as hell. Right. But you know, if the if, if if the Catholics would just get on board with the shot glasses, yeah, uh, then no, then everybody would drink their blood of Christ, and they would just, you know, then finally, they wouldn't be neglecting Christ's blood, right? But which I don't. If it actually does transubstantiate, and you get some blood that was in Christ when Christ had a cold, mm. then you get a cold. What he about does, that? He gets colds. Well, I mean, he's a, he's a sniffly god. He was. Our God is a sniffly God. And lo, it came to pass. He's a sniffly God. <laughs> the Lord did look upon them and say, I'm really not feeling well right now. <laughs> and they did say, don't sweat it, Lord, for thou art holy. Go mm. go take a nap. Mm. Mm-hmm. And he did. And drink plenty of fluids. Right. <laughs> take a nap and drink plenty of fluids. Anyway. Some fruit bars will help as mm-hmm. well for the... Help soothe all that nice cold right. from the fruit bar. I always—that's what I always do when I get a cold. You a fruit bar? I get those fruit bars. The you know the ones the frozen yeah. fruit bars. Yeah, they're delicious. Mm, so good. Anyway, uh, thanks for the call. So uh, last week, as a matter of fact, so we did our Pioneer Day mm. uh, uh, recording last mm-hmm, week, mm-hmm. and right after the show, uh, Mackenzie had been uh, wildly trying to get in touch with me because they were having a uh, an event uh, here in Salt Lake City. Uh, some people were or had organized a mass resignation from the LDS Church, based on mm. uh, as a protest uh, of the the treatment of Kate Kelly. Now, our our listeners will remember that Kate Kelly was a, a, a an LDS woman who had started a group called Ordain Women, uh, which was a group that would was fighting for. The rights of, for equal treatment of women within the church. Uh-huh. A silly, silly goal, um, <laughs> but that's what they wanted anyway. Mm. So she was excommunicated. Uh, people didn't like this. Uh, they organized this mass uh, resignation from the church. Got a lot of RSVPs on Facebook. They called it 500 oh. resignations. That was what they were anticipating. Mm-hmm. So I rushed over there mm. as soon as we were finished recording. Right, 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 yeah. So it was exactly what I expected it to be, which was slightly fewer than 500 uh, people resigning from the church. I'm going to guess we're looking at maybe 50 to 70 people in attendance mm. and probably about 10 actual resignation letters into the mailbox that bores me it's boring 
<laughs> it was, but you know, I mean, the point was the point was actually just to get the the cameras there and to sort of right. call attention to it. And if you zoom in with a camera, right, it, it compresses everything and sure. it looks like it's a bigger crowd. Sure, yeah. And the news um, was there. I don't know wide angle. You're going to see that it's nobody showed up. Right, exactly. And you're going to see that like half the crowd is wearing like atheists of Utah T-shirts and stuff. I was like, yeah. really, half of you guys are like just here. Just as atheists, as atheists, like sort of dancing on, on just take in your Schadenfreude, yeah, which is fine. I mean, it, it, I I was there, you know, I was there more sort of as pseudo press. Did you have a "Thank God I'm Atheist" T-shirt on? No. See, you missed the opportunity. No, 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 no. Because I wanted to look like I might have been there in support of the cause, <laughs> not there uh, already out of the church or whatever. Yeah. Well. Also, like as I said, I was rushing. Anyway, I decided to uh, to interview some people from this event, some people that were resigning from the church, just to sort of get a sense of where they were at. Because I'll be honest, my guess was, knowing Mormons the way I do, and knowing the sort of the mind fuck that Mormonism is, mm-hmm. uh, especially here in Utah, mm-hmm. uh, I was guessing that nobody was resigning from the church because of the Kate Kelly thing. Right. It's just so fresh, and it takes Mormons a long time to wrap their head around, uh, A, wanting to leave the church, uh, B, wanting to make that final by sending in a letter. It takes a long time to go through this, and the Kate Kelly thing was only, a, what, a month ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they were doing it in conjunction with uh, with uh, Pioneer Day. They were trying. I, I, I mean, these, these are people who were resigning from the church. My guess was they had already made the decision before the Kate Kelly thing. Right. So I decided to interview some people. They confirmed that largely, but their stories became interesting to me. So that's what I wanted to to play. Okay. Well, then let's uh, let's listen to the first one. Okay. Okay. So I'm here with Ian and Brittany. Uh, you guys just resigned from the LDS Church. Uh, tell us. First of all, I'm just curious. Have you guys been regularly attending church members lately? Um, not for the past year and a half, but up until then, I was a full-time goer. I was even served a mission in Guatemala. How recently was that? You look like a young kid. Yeah, it was. Uh, I got back in 2011. Oh, okay. And uh, and have you been going to church? No, I stopped going. I was raised in the LDS church, and I stopped going about a year and a half ago. Okay. And why did you guys stop going to church? Um, looking up on histo- history of the church really made me question it, and I don't agree with all of their teachings. Okay. Um, I do consider myself a feminist, and that doesn't really fall in line with their teachings now. And um, very pro-choice, very uh, liberal. So. Okay. So this event was organized sort of as an uh, the idea was uh, as a protest of the the Kate Kelly uh, excommunication and all that. Uh, did was that a catalyst for you? Um, not really. I'd already made up my mind before, but I found this event and <laughs> I had found this event and I decided I'd like to do it as a group. All right. How about you? What 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 got your feet walking out the door? Yeah, uh, it's been on my mind for a while. Uh, even during the mission, it didn't seem right and add up. Uh, Book of Mormon just seemed like a, a fallacy. And, of course, the history of Joseph Smith, I mean, he was a convicted liar, he was a fraud. And so it's hard to think that a con man can become a prophet overnight. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, 
how were you guys affected by by the Kate Kelly thing? Did that did that just further solidify your views, or did, what, did it add anything new to your views of the church? Uh, not at all. Um, I mean, it was kind of obvious she was going to be excommunicated. Not that I cared nor took much thought into it. By that time, I'd already decided the church was false. Um, as far as Kate Kelly goes, I mean, she just wanted what other members had in Joseph Smith's time. Females had the priesthood back then, so it makes sense that she'd want it now. Uh, as far as that goes, it didn't help me or deter me in any way from church or being or moving my name from the church. Are you guys moving on to a different church, or what? What, what happens now? Religion's done now. Um, there's no. I don't consider myself an atheist, but I also don't believe in organized religion. I don't believe God needs 10% of my money. Uh, and right now it's just about living our lives and enjoying life the way we want to instead of being worried about what a guy upstairs is going to do to us after. How about you? Um, I haven't decided. I might be atheist in the end, but I'm still figuring out for myself. But definitely no more organized religion. Well, if you guys ever want to take the atheist discussions, you can come and talk to me, and I'll be happy to sit you down and All right. give you our books and all that sort of thing. Sounds good. Keep you up on that. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Mm, the voice of the younger generation, right? Yeah, I, I'm. Like I said, I I think one telling moment was when I asked if the Kate Kelly thing meant anything to them in in this context, and they just and the guy just flatly said, "No." Nah. Yeah. Well, because I mean, the point is leaving a church right like you you could have something be like i could see like kate kelly maybe being like the last straw right maybe like if you were closely aligned with the mormon feminist movement right you know that could be like a last drop but if you're just like you know some kids you went on a mission you've been processing it for a while right and then You've already made your decision. You just need an excuse to do it. Right. Somebody yeah. else is, is going to provide you with the letter and the, the envelopes. Yeah. <laughs> it's something. the easiest way out imaginable. Now, yeah. of course, they now have to deal with the aftermath. But Yeah, there is going to be some fallout. I mean, one of the things about resigning from a church is that legally that's meant to be a uh, conf- uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? I'm sorry. The when you, when you when nobody's allowed to talk about it outside confidential of confidential thank you uh, it's meant to be a confidential thing mm. uh, the church is not supposed to tell anyone about it and you're right. and you're allowed to tell anyone about it but they're meant but it's that's that's between you and the church right Mormon church they don't make an announcement or nothing but they have ways of making sure that your family knows yeah. that this happened well it's also um, immediate. Like, when they receive the letter, you have resigned from the church. Legally. You're, yes. They don't necessarily honor that. Right. Um, they have their own little process that they still like to play out. Right. And so the way that I responded when they sent, sent back the letter that was like, no, 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 this is an ecclesiastical matter and right. there's more stuff for you to do. I sent a letter back that after, like, that same day, you know, and said... You clearly did not read my first one. Right. I'm not looking for anything beyond a letter from you that says I am no longer, that you have received it and you acknowledge that I'm no longer a member. Indeed. And I received a letter back from them before, I got received a letter back from the church uh-huh. before the bishop contacted me. Yeah. Because the bishop does their little contact thing. We're uh-huh. sorry, we received this thing, blah, 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 blah. Just checking so with you. Anybody who's going through this right now, um, 
be really, really quick and firm in your second follow-up letter. If you it do helps. one. I, I didn't bother to do one. I just sort of let them go through their process. And it took, I mean, probably a month before yeah. I got the final confirmation. But I was just like, meh. And then, you know, the bishop called me and said, and this is a bishop from a ward I had never attended because it, they, they transferred right. my records to my right. new address uh-huh. without me knowing about it. And uh, and so I, I yeah, so the bishop called me and was like, so you want to get your name off the records? And I was like, yeah. And he, he's, you can tell he's reading it as he's talking to me. He was <laughs> like, uh, it looks like it's because of the uh, the gay marriage thing in, in California. And I was like, yep. And he said, okay, we'll just take care of that for you then. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, not yeah. all bishops are going to do that. So no, it's about you, avoiding... you could also be if if the bishop here thinks that you're going to be uh, that that you might be able to be brought back into the fold, they will convene a court, or if you submit to their process, right, they will put you through their process. Yep, and that's that's something that I was adamant that was not going to happen. Yeah, there would be no court. All right, um, and then we have another. Yeah, then I interviewed. I, I, I interviewed another guy who. Okay. Uh, well, let's play it. Yeah. So, Kyle, you're resigning from the LDS Church today. Talk to me about your pathway out of the church. What started you thinking along those lines? Why now? Okay. Um, well, first of all, I think a lot of it started on my LDS mission. I served a mission to Georgia and in the deep south you have really fiery Southern Baptists as well as the fiery Mormon missionaries <laughs> can make for a dangerous combination. Bible bashing, that sort of thing? Oh yes, oh yes. But I learned my Bible. Oh Lord, did I know my Bible. <laughs> I read the King James with all the Joseph Smith translation, the New King James, the New International Version, the New World Translation, which the Jehovah's Witnesses read, as well as the Apocrypha that the Catholics have. So I made sure that I knew my Bible. Wow, that's actually <laughs> seriously impressive because that book is really hard to read. It is really hard. Well, admittedly, I didn't read the Old Testament in all the versions because <laughs> that's a little bit much and a little depressing too. So, <laughs> um, But as I was on my mission, the more I read, um, the more I needed, the more I had questions and the more I needed them answered. And so I'd you know, really pray. I never got the answers while I was on my mission. So I came home and got even more devoted and made sure that I spent 30 minutes to an hour a day trying to find answers to all my questions of you know, how to feel the spirit more intensely, how to be guided in your life and things like that. And uh, I never got answers. I would read talks by general authorities and they'd talk about how you need to sacrifice sins and things like that in order to be closer to the spirit. So I would, I watched an occasional R-rated movie, so I stopped doing that. I stopped listening to music with explicit lyrics. I, you know, tried to cut more and more quote-unquote sins from my life and I never got closer. I felt like my tires were spinning. And eventually, I fell in love with this girl, and she, she had already left the church. Um, we ended up sleeping together, and I felt horrible because of all the, the guilt that the church instills in you. So I actually broke up with her, 
in this very park, ironically enough, that we're doing this mass resignation, um, so I could be more devoted to the religion. And over the next year, I did the whole repentance process, and then I, once that was completed, I went back to the LDS temple. I was sitting in an endowment ceremony, and I felt absolutely nothing. And it was right at that moment that I had worked, I had spent so much of my life devoted to this religion, and it was giving me nothing. And I never went back after that. Wow, that's uh, that's intense stuff. It's this is not an easy religion to uh, to just stop going to. No, it's it's really not. Um, especially with my background, my my parents are in, my parents are actually converts. They um, left the Presbyterian Church to join the LDS Church when I was two. We got sealed in the Washington D.C. Temple and everything. And um, they are very very strict. Only in the past year or so have I been able to convince them that caffeine in sodas is not bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. So. You have not told them that you're officially resigning from the church yet, is that right? I have not, no. I've had several difficult conversations just about the church's stance on gay marriage. I don't think they're ready to know that I've entirely left the church and asked to have my records removed. How do you think they'll react? Not very happy. <laughs> um, the... Ever since I stopped going to church, and I did tell them that, that I, that I had stopped going, mostly due to my feelings on gay marriage. I'm very pro-gay marriage and equal rights. Um, that comes from, I do a lot of acting in my spare time, and in the theater world, there's a lot of gay guys, and I've met some of the greatest people in my life in that venue, and I've seen how their relationships can be incredibly loving and I don't want to ever, ever deny them that. So ever since I told my parents that I left the church, or that I stopped going to church, rather, they, uh, the relationship's been a little strained because the church is so, in, so much a part of their lives. Right. Well, uh, congratulations on your <laughs> decision. I know that it's a tough one. Yeah. How are you feeling right now? You've got the letter in your hand. I do have the letter in my hand. Um, honestly, I'm pretty darn scared. <laughs> um, it's it's a nerve-wracking thing to make a, a commitment because this is a very permanent thing. And I think I'm actually starting to understand those people that I taught on my missions that decided to change their lives to join the church as I'm preparing to leave it. Um, it's a very, Interesting. It's a very scary thing. But at the same time... Um, one of the speeches talked about, you know, this being the most Mormon thing you can do of, you know, shoving off from the shores like Lehi had left Jerusalem in the Book of Mormon. And, and I thought that was, that was really um, funny, but kind of true in a lot of ways. So that I am, I feel very much like I'm leaving the shelter of what I've known my whole life. Wow. Well, thanks for talking to me. Yeah. Thank you very much. Could you hear the fear in his voice? Yeah. I mean, he's he's such he was such a sweet guy. Uh and and you could tell that he was a uh, a sincere person. Mhm. Mm 
and it yeah. was just yeah that's a, it's a scary thing for these for 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 mormons yeah well i and and there's actually a lot of his story that i really identified with yeah you know the is i i haven't heard it so clearly stated uh in a way that i feel like was kind of my process as well from someone else mm. which was the spiritual promises just weren't living up right they and and for there to be complete silence um spiritually right um and that being the thing that got got him out i think that that's it's amazing yeah being yeah. that sort of in tune with your and and honest about your own feelings right and knowing the source of your feelings yeah right? that that really and, uh, and resonated with me as well yeah because like it, it it's really easy to to fool yourself and to trick yourself yeah. into into believing and feeling and all that. Well, so. yeah, I mean, I had experiences that I thought were spirit mm -hmm. for a for a while. I mm -hmm. thought, you know, the the feelings that I would feel at church when the music was playing, and I'd feel sort of a swelling, I swelling feeling, and it felt really powerful and stuff now i now i recognize recognize that as being sort of theatrical tricks this right. is this is what this is what theater does to you this is what right. you know and much better actually than mormon church does but, <laughs> but you know I, you have to you have to be sort of vigilant and mm -hmm. and honest i think uh -huh. honesty is 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 and, and having that integrity is is a tricky thing to do yeah uh and so now he's for, faced with a, a scary moment he, yeah. you know worried yeah. about losing his folks worrying about losing his uh his identity yeah you have mm. to change everything hmm. so kid. there you go what started out as like me kind of thinking i was there for this rally and not really expecting much to come of it i i, I ended up feeling pretty moved by by his uh hmm. by the, you know by these people taking that step right it's a scary step. It is indeed. Well, if you'd like to tell us about your scary step. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, we got we got lots of ways for you to get in touch and, and share your story with us. Um, you can write to us, which is podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail. The number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, or uh, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist. There's which also. is which is also our Twitter Twitter handle mm -hmm. at TGI Atheist, mm -hmm. and of course we have our website thinkgodimatheist.com. You can go listen to episodes, uh, you can uh, support the show. There's and uh, read the blog. Yeah. All right. Um, well, thank you, Mackenzie, for all of your Facebook uh, work wizardry. Work. Yeah. And uh, thanks to the Red Rock Hot Club for their music. And uh, we will talk to y'all next week. Bye bye.